there was an idea to bring together a remarkable group of Marvel Crisis Protocol players to see if they could give something more to the community. The Christmas Present Initiative. Last Christmas, we gave you the 18 days of Christmas, one for each affiliation. This year, we're doing it bigger and better. Not just every affiliation, but every leader will get their own episode. 33 leaders, one massive present to the MCP community. Hello and welcome to another Christmas episode of The Danger Room and this time I find myself joined by Lucas Sheik. How are you doing Lucas? I'm doing great, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. And what lovely present have you brought for us this uh, holiday season? I have brought uh, the maligned cat, Malekith the Accursed. Okay, yep, so I guess we should deal with the giant tiger in the room. Uh how do you feel about the recent change to his rules? Um, I think that it means you have to play better in order to win. Uh, and I think that was needed because he was too easy to pilot. He had, he had a great, he just is a phenomenal card. And he then got to use phenomenal tactic cards. And that just that combination is pretty brutal. Uh, so I think this change though, it reminds me a lot of the follow me restriction because before that you're running Malekith, you get follow me brace and like another like patch up or something like that. Right. And then they follow me and you lose follow me. And now they do another change. And what it feels like is, all right, they're taking away another restricted card from me in order to, to get my tools online. So I now have to either bring a character that can enable his kit turn one, or I have to bring a tactic card that can do that. So I'm just, uh, I think he can perform the same, but now you're losing, you have to do something to make him perform at that level. Mm, okay. Uh, Should we dive in then to looking at uh, a bit more about why you might want to play Malekith? What is it that draws you to him as a leader of a Cabal affiliation? Well, he uh, rolls lots of dice. Usually he gets to roll uh, 14 to 17 dice in a turn and maybe more with the beam or maybe a little less if, you, if you're not in the action. Or, um, but if you want to, <laughs> I'm not saying it's always the best decision, but if you want to, you can roll, uh, maybe even 20 dice, uh, and that's before crits. So the, um, he just lets you roll lots of dice and with his modif his not modification, but treating his skulls as crits, he can, he, the dice that he rolls are even more powerful than normal. So if you want to do lots of damage, Malekith is a uh, is a great character to use, uh, and then so uh, I like to roll lots of dice. That's a lot of fun. I like to I like to plan things out, and then those things happen. And when you use Malekith to uh, do two attacks into a character, usually you know what the outcome is going to be, and so you can then uh, use that planning to make your next activations. Um, do the things they need to do and so on. So I like for those reasons are great too. Another thing is just uh, I like winning. Um, 
when I bring Malekith on the board, uh, to the board, um, it's a bit, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a business trip. I'm on, I'm on a, I'm working when I bring Malekith. And, uh, the fun part that I'm having is getting the W at the end. And so, uh, that's another reason why you can bring Malekith is he has a high win rate overall. And, uh, and that's because he's, he's generally has been easy to use, easy to pilot and players because relatively new. So players still aren't 100% certain on the best ways to deal with him. So, uh, that, uh, that helps, um, that helps you get the wins, especially the ones where you, you maybe shouldn't have won. So if we take those two ideas together, we just talked about, do you think you see his win rate coming down then with this slightly, more maybe higher cost to playing that affiliation in terms of your tactics cards burden and the way the setup you have to do in order to turn on the Malekith round one. Is that going to be big enough to have an impact on how winning it is? Um, I think, I think so. I think it'll have an impact. I don't see his win rate going uh, below 50%. I think, I don't know what I remember seeing it at like 62, 60 in the sixties. I, maybe it'll go to like 55. I I still think, He's super strong, and I just think, yeah, bringing an extra tactic card or a different character to support the turn one aggression or just the threat that he can that he has provided in the past is, um, it, I mean, it really it doesn't change the fact that he's still rolling seven dice. Uh, there, are, I mean, there's defensively he's lost a little bit there, and that's something to be cautious about. Um, but if you're playing him the way I was playing him, uh, it's it's just kind of like the same. I feel like uh, it's the same. It's the same Malkith that I've known. Uh, maybe just a little weaker, but maybe we maybe we have to do things about that. Well, I guess that brings us nicely on to how do you get the most out of your seven threat affiliation leader? Yeah, it's tricky because he is he costs a tremendous amount of uh, threat to bring to the table. Uh, but he is your leader, though, so you can uh, you can bring other characters to support him, and that'll help make make sure that the cost is there. I would just say that I I really liked to play Malekith in a way where I was doing a lot of threat projection, and then and then just playing the scenario, and then by the time they've realized that I'm not trying to decimate their team. Uh, it's, it's too late to recover. And if they do try to recover, I can then start taking their team down one by one or stopping their key pieces from uh, preventing me from scoring out or just win it being uh, in the lead at the end of the game. Okay, so that's interesting. So you're saying that your typical approach to the game is not... Malekith is going to eat your team, but the threat of Malekith is going to impact your round one play. You're going to have to be much more cagey. You're not going to be able to take up the board real estate that you would like in order to score control to score victory points by controlling skewers and picking up extracts, because otherwise Malekith will eat you. And then once you've got a lead on those crisis elements, you're just kind of defending that lead and threatening to eat anyone who comes to try to challenge that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I I want Malekith to I want people to have to come into Malekith. It means they're usually having to spend an action getting there and then they're spending 
and uh, only one action doing trying to do damage and he's already pretty he's generally pretty tough because of the skulls to crits defensive ability on his uh dodges and his defense rolls and so uh, i i think that he can usually absorb a lot of those hits um and survive and then uh, and then clap back way harder so yeah i think that uh a high threat character also another thing you can do is um, you can have your squad, your little, uh, your buddies helping Malekith be the team, be the part of the team that's scoring out and him being the guy that's basically stalling the other side of the, their side from stopping, from stopping that from happening. So he doesn't need to be earning you, uh, the VP, he doesn't need to be the one earning you the VPs, uh, but he can do a great job of stopping the opponent from Pro, like from preventing you from winning those the VPs that your other characters are earning you by threatening his threats. Yeah, just uh, he's just just standing in front of your team, uh, the other team, and yeah. like being there, and and it's like which character of of theirs can can one round Malkith, or pray to God they can because most of them most characters can't, and uh. And then, and if they're doing that and they're like, they, they're, I guess I'll pick this character to try to one round Malkith and then deal five damage to him or whatever. Uh, and then my other characters are just, that means he just wasted a whole character activation dealing with a character that is scoring zero VPs. Uh, so the, the threat projection, the, um, just the distraction part of the, of the character itself, there's different ways to earn his threat. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, I mean, the obvious one is just like him taking threat away from your opponent. Like if you if you dazed and KO'd a character by round two, uh, I mean, that's usually a great way to start. Uh, that's a great way to start the game because now the, for the rest of the rounds, they're playing a threat down or they're playing three, four threat down. Uh, so. Uh, that's I mean that's a great way for him to and then eventually maybe you'll take another character out and then boom already you, he's a seven threat character has taken out seven threat worth of points and and uh, so there's different ways you can use the leader the great thing about him is he hits hard he's very fast has uh, displacement uh, and he, on on tactic cards and on an attack and he uh, and he has the way another card that like uh, the black bifrost that lets him move so so it just like he has some of the best movement and some of the best damage in the game and it's really like which one is going to win you the game that's the one that uh that's the one that i'm going to utilize the most so it really it depends on the matchup but uh man he's a he such a powerful seven threat character moves fast hits hard i don't know what more you would want out of a seven threat <laughs> okay what about some of the cabal affiliated characters that you're bringing which ones have you selected and and why did they make the cut all right so the first character you pick when you're going with malgeth uh, is uh is mystique uh she's just phenomenal um we can go over it in a sec but then the rest of my affiliated characters are zemo bullseye and red skull master of hydra those uh those are the affiliated picks i use they are they all help Malkith uh in the game plans um that they that he wants to uh he wants to bring to the board but you said mystique is your number one do you want to dig into why that is 
Yeah, Mystique, per, for me, pretty much always hits the table with Malekith. Uh, so I talked about Malekith's threat projection and just using that as a weapon. Uh, just having Malekith on the board um, means that your opponent makes significantly different decisions than a diff- than other teams. And often it funnels them into limited options. Um, they can't, they can't uh, put characters on certain positions, specifically on the mid board without Malekith like dazing them. And if you're getting a daze on round one, like I said, you're, it's a, it's usually a great way to start your turn. Uh, and Mystique supports that uh, very well, right? She's got, a, she's a long mover. So just like Malekith, she can be placed uh, in the center of the board on deployment and she can double move to either side C uh, on the midline. So any objective on the midline she can reach if she's deployed centrally. And she has deception, which will bring the character, another character on the enemy team closer to your side of the board. Uh, basically like an alley-oop uh, situation there where you suck a character in and then your other characters just dunk on them. And you, and she uh, she's a long mover. She's got stealth, so she's she's somewhat protected. And she has the threat. I mean, the really, it's the main thing is the threat projection. Like people, your opponent will play differently when you have Mystique with Deception. They will be generally too scared to interact on the midboard. Uh, and on the midline and... I mean, that's exactly what Malekith does. So basically having two characters that do that, it really doubles the pressure on the midline and it lets your team kind of uh, take more th- more space than and like than a different team. Mm, you, you talked about those kind of sea threats and how she can reach either side. You can almost put sort of Malekith in between the two seas on one side and Mystique in between on the other side. And Mystique is kind of extending Malekith's threat range by pulling somebody in closer to him yeah if like that's um i would say that is a great option it's, it might be a little greedy um because you uh because then you're trying to get like the one move into an attack kind of situation which it, it does work i like the consistent the consistent play of having them deployed like having malkith deployed and then putting mystique directly behind him and that way, they definitely get to both points, uh, and they and they can. Uh, if you can deception either point, it means that Malekith can then definitely hit one of like Mal- They can both hit both points. Whereas Malekith, if he's deployed off to one side, he can't hit the far C. He could kill a character if you deception them in. But I like having Malekith be able to contest either C and Mystique be able to contest either C. Um, at the beginning of or during round one, it just means that your opponent really has no i no real good idea as to what you're gonna do, and and then uh, it makes them more likely to make a mistake or misplay, and then you just try to find where that misplay happened and capitalize on it. I guess and it comes back to that idea you were talking about of it's not just murder everyone; you're using the threat of murdering people to score points. Yeah, I, yeah. I like the, I, I like that a lot. It, it I can it just feels easier to pick out mistakes that uh, the opponent makes when you've got such a long threat projection uh, on your characters. Yep. 
so the other characters then, you said they all help Malekith do what he wants to do. So th these are mostly attrition-focused characters, right? Zemo, Bullseye, Red Skull, Master of Hydra. Yeah, they. Uh, so this is definitely the killing side of the list. And uh, and Zemo, yeah, he's fast moving, so he fits with uh, with Malekith and Mystique both as all fast moving characters. And the reroll uh, makes our, my characters stronger. And he just hits he just hits super hard. He loves the extra power that the leadership gains, and uh, and really, yeah, he's there to he's there to pick on the weaker characters and hopefully get those leadership triggers on my other characters. Uh, the the leadership is is terrific for uh, for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. What about Bullseye? Bullseye, uh, I mean, yeah, of course, the attrition, the consistency. Like I mentioned with uh, Malkith, you um, you can kind of plan your next activation much in much more clear sight because Malkith is generally pretty consistent with how much damage he can punch through, and Bullseye, I mean, he's just, he's as, as consistent as it gets for pushing through two damage, uh, or, or like one, well, at least one damage, right? So it allows me to, I can know I can move this character Bullseye to a certain spot, and I know I have a range four on him, and I know that I've got one power, or I'm going to get one power from the attack, and I know I can spend that power to daze your model or KO them, and then I know I can use the leadership to, uh, to move one of my other characters or heal them or gain them power, do whatever I need, whatever, do all those things and set them up in a better position than they were at. And so then red skull, is that if you want to go like super, super narrow, because you could have those two and have two models at 12 threat. Yeah. Red skull. So this spot would have, uh, it's like a juggernaut red skull is like the kind of the flipping I, I could do here he's affiliated so it just helps with list building but also having that fourth if you're going three wide with red skull being uh the one of the characters having like that fourth body that's like on a secure for you means that if you are going down on points uh the the dif the difference between where your opponent is and where you're at is probably is probably less uh red skull hits really hard and uh, and he likes the he likes the moving from the leadership. And another thing that's like a win for him is that uh, if he's on his certain shield, he is immune to collision damage. And running Malekith as a size four character, uh, that's uh, one of the vulnerabilities is that uh, he can be thrown into my other characters. So Red Skull can mitigate that uh, depending on what shield he's using. Yep. We kind of skipped over the leadership a little bit. You mentioned it there. How good is it? Uh, so the Dark Council. So you get to uh, you get to heal if you want, gain a power if you want, and move if you want. After you've dazed a character or KO'd a character, and you uh, and you um, and you can use it on each character in your squad once per round. So it's uh. I think it's super powerful. It's uh, used in the right circumstances. It can just win you a game. Uh, not all leaderships can do that. Uh, like I, I think, it, I mean, I guess they can, but uh, I think this one can do it a lot more often than most of the other leaderships. 
and uh, I mean directly win you a game. It's like, all right, I've moved this character, I've healed them one, they're living, they're living. Or like, Z- like perfect example. I just played against a list very similar to this, and they moved Zemo in a spot that was um, in a in a position and gave him power in a position where he could then charge my characters and double tap and KO a character that I was playing with, and so. Uh, whereas otherwise I was, I thought I looked like my board state was heavily in my favor, but he was able to chain these different actions or these different turns. Uh, he was take, he was able to take one impactful activation and make it, make a second activation that he takes impactful as well. So I like the leadership a lot. It, um, it helps fix the mistakes you made in the game actually like that's like that's what's really helpful is that i make a ton of mistakes when i play but the leadership like basically gets lets you undo um these misplays or these placement you put a character in the wrong spot well oh look at this now that a few actions and and things have happened in the round uh i can reevaluate where the character should be um outside of their own activation so it's really helpful for uh, players like me who like look back two activations ago and be like, oh man, if only I did this. Well, now you can. So uh, the leadership the leadership is great for planning ahead, but also correcting past mistakes. Okay. So we're looking at a relatively standard Malekith roster so far. Yeah, Malekith and four Cabal characters. But you're going to go in a slightly different direction now, aren't you? Uh, the meta. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like my out of affiliation splashes are Black Cat, Voodoo, Hulk, and Luke Cage. Okay, well, they sound relatively straightforward, right? These are powerful characters, well known. They've got fantastic uh, tech. They do well. So, where's there's a twist coming, isn't there? <laughs> Don't make me say it. I'm going to betray all the Cabal players. Uh, but I have a, a another leader in my team, and that's uh, Steve Rogers. <laughs> Uh, surprise! This is a this is not a Malekith podcast. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, the uh, I have a, an Avengers pivot here, and the reason is because I uh, I bring Voodoo and Cat. I bring Black Cat at sixteen. She fits really well with Mystique, Zemo, and Malekith, fast moving characters. I uh, Voodoo is just the bump up to seventeen. Of course, I, I mean I don't really have to explain these characters too much. They're just like incredibly powerful scenario pieces. So this this is like I've got my attrition team with Malkith, Mystique, Zemo, and then I have bring my one splash that is like scenario focused, and they love the extra power from the leadership, and so and then Hulk is a perfect uh, in certain situations, other situations he can just get completely roasted, uh, but he's great in situations where the team wants to take out. Uh, the, his friends, Malchus, uh, best buddies. And if you have Hulk as one of your best buddies that Mal's bringing, uh, it's a lot harder to take take him out. And Hulk can do a lot of things that Malchus can do. He can hit hard. He can move pretty fast. And uh, and he's got the displacement that uh, that Mal has, but better. So uh, I think, and the, just the combo of, of Mal and Hulk is uh, is strong in the right situations now of course like with the re-rolls on malekith and now both characters are vulnerable to that uh there's there's more caution needs to be taken when uh bringing hulk uh with malekith 
Uh, and then Luke Cage offers the uh, the bodyguard. I mean, the Heroes for Hire bodyguard is is why he would work here. So all of these four characters, I think, it can support will support Malekith, um, and uh, or protect him depending on what your your opponent you're seeing across from the table and what things you think your opponent is going to bring. You can each of these characters are are totally great options. And of course, this like depending on the scenario and how tight the scenario is or how wide it is, they uh, they can all be great options and, and offer different uh, problems for your opponent. So let's talk about the the slightly more interesting bit. So I'm not saying that they're they're not good characters. They are, but I think we're seeing a lot of rosters with these characters. Captain America as your splash, and you've got because you've then got three other Avengers in Luke Cage, Hulk, and Doctor Voodoo. And some characters who love Steve's leadership, like Zemo's classic. He's been playing with Steve since day one, right? Um, what does that bring to the roster? And when are you looking to break out the Avengers instead of Malika? Yeah, so this is like, um, I guess the, the team that I have been the most scared of when I'm playing is a team that uh, they want to win as quickly as possible. And they don't want to give you a single point of damage, which translates into power. Uh, they just want to score out. And I uh, I think that I don't know, I'm not confident in Malchus' ability to do that in certain situations. Especially if they're bringing very powerful characters. And that can basically defend that position uh, against Malchus. So if they're, like, I mean, basically what I'm saying is that if they're bringing uh, Captain America and Hulk, uh, I don't know if Malkith and Mystique have the uh, um, and and whoever else I bring, they have the enough power to punch through that uh, defense. The defenses they're they're bringing up, and so I need a way to uh, to basically take the VPs from them, and and. Uh, and ju- I just need a way to, to do basically what they're doing back to me uh, in order to, so that they can't just turtle up and win the game that way. Malkith on his own, he's a uh, Malkith is a bully. He loves dealing with characters that are less threatening than him. But as soon as he gets hit and he's taken two or three points of damage, he's uh, you're like immediately looking to get out of that situation. He's like running away, crying, uh, and so uh, he doesn't like getting hit at all, um, and we uh, and so I punching through the Hulk and Steve problem is something that I'm always trying to uh, I'm always trying to think about, and I don't know if they can do it on their own, Malekith on his own. So th- so that's really I guess why I bring it in. I mean, the, at the end it's like if someone else if someone brings Legacy Virus uh, where the extract is is incredibly um, influential in how the game plays out. And it's obviously a moving extract. It's a moving extract on like research station, which is similar, but it's, it's pretty static where it's where it ends up being on the board. Uh, I can just pivot. I can just pivot to this, like this incredibly strong um, virus team. Yeah. And that holds for other extracts, right? There are certain extracts that this kind of, Get a get an extract lead round one by using Steve's leadership to make Hulk go and get extracts and come back to relative safety so he can be protected by Steve. Uh, is a very strong place to start leveraging a game from. 
building sort of Fort Avengers with some uh, with some extracts back there makes the shape of the game be a very distinctive shape, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I so I like to use Malkith, uh, like like I said, all right, when I wanna when I wanna win this game, and uh, and the win is very important, more important than uh, the, the actual experience of the game, <laughs> which which is which I mean, in competitive environments, sometimes that's the case. Uh, I'm I'm bringing Malkith almost every single time, and then this flex uh, is like it's 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 very it's very situational. Although I do like to say. That Steve, uh, Steve Hulk and Malekith as a triple combo here at 17 points is a. Uh, uh, I've had fun playing that too. So, um, so there's uh yeah there's different ways you can go uh you can go about it. But I would I'd say that for me the way I play this list is uh, I only play the Steve. It's like an emergency button basically. If uh, if the Malekith team if I don't think I have what it takes with Malekith. Man, you, you just got me thinking. Steve, Hulk, and Malekith. You haven't got uh, Gamma Launch on here, but if you, if that's what you wanted to play, Gamma Launching Malekith, that sounds fun. Uh, I mean, it did it did sound fun when uh, when he was a little tougher. I mean, I would be a little. I'm just like the reroll thing is so new. Like, right? Uh, not very many. It just the changes have just come out recently, and so um, I would just be cautious with putting Malekith on the mid board. Uh, oh, the sure. midboard is the midline is so violent in the meta yeah. right now. So um, I don't but, think that's necessarily yeah. the best competitive move. I just think it sounds fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it sounds pretty brutal. It sounds it sounds like it could be brutal if they didn't see that coming. Okay, let's turn our attention to some tactics cards. Uh, let's start with your affiliated cabal cards. Okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, I've got two of them. I've got dark rain and the black Bifrost. Uh, dark rain is my anti Malekith tech. <laughs> um, now that he no, can no, get no. rerolled against. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it never was before, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, uh, dark rain is a phenomenal card. It's, it lets you reroll all, all of your attacks with all of your cabal, all of your cabal characters against one target for a round. And it's, it just gives you the dice consistency. And sometimes, uh, which I mean, I personally find more often, it just gives you like way more punch um, than your characters like shouldn't like no, obviously normally have, but like feel like they even should have like when bulls, even like when bullseye, he gets like that rapid fire spender five dice and then he's getting full rerolls on that. Like he just can punch threats, uh, punch way above his weight class for the round, and that like I mean that just enables your leadership, uh, and and that, like mystique with the rapid fire, and like uh, it's just it's a very strong card if you're looking to to win the game uh, with some key dazes or just like you're going for the tabling of the opponent. Yeah, or you're right, or they've got a big character that relies on as a, a temple character. So we're thinking maybe a Juggernaut, maybe a, a Thanos. Hulk is a great character for taking down with that kind of card. Timing it right and putting in all those big attacks that are going to do lots of damage can really then really help you deal with that character in a way that just other affiliations don't have access to. Yeah, th- that's right. Exactly. Uh, the other one is the, the Black Bifrost. So this card has to be played in the power phase and Malak is spending three power to basically put the pentagrams similar to defenders down, except he spends damage in order to put it down instead of power, which is 
in which it works for him because he can then use the leadership to uh to then heal that damage back so he's he's sometimes not having to really pay that penalty uh to to teleport himself range five which is uh just it's just uh it's hard to even describe that's incredibly far distance it means that malekith can uh pretty easily get from one b secure to the diagonally opposite b secure in one activation which uh, if you've placed your portals in a strategic spot where it would take at least one move action for your opponent to reach either portal, uh, you're in a situation where they cannot clap, they cannot attack you very hard uh, or very with many attacks, which means your characters are s- stronger for that round, uh, and and they're um, they're just losing efficiency. Like so, it also is great offensively too. If they've got a single extract that they just flipped on the other side of the board. Uh, you can just, or like they had, they've had it from the previous turn. You can use that ability, and now all of a sudden, um, you've got like a a warp warp drive uh, with all your characters that are on the wrong side of the board, and now they're able to get within uh, double attack range of that character. It's it's really strong. Um, I had some fun little tech that I was playing around with it, um, and that was having Malekith and Hulk or another large based character uh, both on the inside of the B secures on the home on your home B secures and at the beginning of round two is usually when I would play it is I would play the Bifrost uh, so Malekith would need three power to do that and it would if I placed it in the right spots I, I if I placed the one that's range five for Malekith as close as possible to the other large based character it, they would be within range one to hit that portal without having to move. And then I place the other one within range one of Malekith, usually towards their opposite B secure. And so basically I would, I would allow Hulk or uh, Hulk, usually Hulk, but juggernaut too, the ability to just hit that portal on the opening turn, teleport, do a gamma leap. So now he's on the direct diagonal opposite B, uh, get two attacks, get basically a couple of attacks off. And, uh, and your opponent really, it's hard for your opponent to have seen that coming uh, at the beginning, at the end of round one or during round one. And the other cool thing about that is that now the characters that were on Hulk's original side have nothing to shoot at. So if they do come to that home, your home be there to start securing it, um, you can then just teleport Malekith to that side at the end of like closer to the end of the round and then uh, kill them. And, uh, and then, and you could just basically bounce back and forth on these things, uh, do like, and then, uh, not in the same turn, but like during alternate turns and uh, getting damage in, and then your opponents uh, are not able to clap back on those characters as easily, and uh, means they're getting one attack in, maybe like maybe one attack in. Um, and so your characters aren't having to deal with like double attack activations and, uh, and your, your health pool on your characters stays pretty, uh, like you stay alive a lot longer. So, uh, the black Bifrost is great offensively. It's great defensively. And, and I think there's some like cute plays you can make with it. I, uh, I've, I haven't played with it, uh, like, uh, a ton, just a few dozen games and it's, 
it's fun to think about ways to use it that are unexpected. Mm. I've got some experience, not with Black Bifrost, but with the pentagrams. And one of the problems with pentagrams when you're not playing it around one, which you can't do anymore, was your opponent using it to their advantage. Because it's one of the few asymmetric uh, tactics cards where it doesn't just benefit you, it also benefits your opponents. They can use the portal positioning too. What you just described, though, was a great way of trying to ameliorate that by going, well, I'm going to have two chunky models threatening this side. I'm going to split them up for deployment. I'm going to put them both over here, and then I'm going to send one of them over here and make it so that you've got zones of threat on either end of the portal as opposed to making it a one-way road where you're sending threat one way, but they can escape back through the other way and often be relevant to scenario because normally that character started their turn standing on a scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I mean, I've gotten some wins with it. I've gotten completely annihilated by doing that. <laughs> so uh, it it's uh, it's uh, I think it's a fun play, but uh, I'm sure there are better uses of the of the card. I think chasing down single extracts or even running away with a single extract because you don't drop objectives when you use it um, are probably like better play, better plays for getting you the win but uh but yeah i think there there's just there's so much flexibility in the card that uh that there's going to be ways that players discover uh better ways or unexpected ways to use it but yeah it's it's a great it's a great card how often then do you think it makes your five i think it's crisis dependent i think if we're playing single extracts i'm uh probably playing it and if we're playing B secures, I can almost help. I can't almost not help but to play it because of that that play I just mentioned. It's just, uh, but yeah, I would say that when we're playing on wider scenarios um, or single extracts, that's usually when the card makes the five. Mm, yeah, I think B's is a great call. I've had some success with a sort of a bait and switch with a fast character like someone like Angela making a play over there, drawing Malekith, and then she runs over there, and she's Malekith's suddenly got no one to attack, but if he's got the ability to just teleport over to the other side of the board, that whole line of play goes away. Yeah, yeah, it just, uh, it's it's great. <laughs> okay, um, you have, of course, got another affiliated card, but not a Cabal-affiliated card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, uh, when you're, when you're uh, splashing Steve in, um you have i think avengers assemble is like of course you bring that yeah and uh so yeah i mean like there's there's a whole discussion you could have about like the sacrifices you have to make to bring a second affiliation into your list i personally love uh splashing or doing secondary affiliations but there's def like i mean of course there's there's like proven merit to bringing a single or a single affiliation and uh and so this is just like my comfort in in uh, in how I play. And so yeah, I'm bringing an Avengers splash, and so Avengers assemble is uh, is there. Yeah, not very contentious. Let's turn our attention then to uh, restricted cards. Yeah, so I am bringing advanced R and D and brace for impact. So uh, these cards, I mean, they're both great. Obviously, they're restricted. Brace for impact is because I've got uh, large characters. I've got uh, Malkith and Hulk, and I don't want them to be thrown into my other characters. And 
uh, and I just don't like size four things being me having to dodge size four things. So brace is an easy card to play. Um, it's, it gets played in, in almost all, in a lot of games, most affiliations have throws, um, and they can be used to impact the board quite a bit. And so brace is always a great way to shut that down. Advanced R and D is what I basically mentioned near the top of the podcast, where I said that sacrifices have to be made, uh, in this case, in order to, uh, have Malekith, uh, act and play the way he uh he felt like before he was adjusted and i and for me personally that's advanced r&d and uh and so i think this card works in my list because not only does it enable malekith to have a great uh him have the threat projection that he had had before but it also uh it also helps fuel the steve side with black cat to enable a turn one steal um, so it works for both uh, ways I would want to play. Yeah, just to spell that out, Steve gives a discount of one to Black Cat Superpowers. So if she can get two power, she can uh, steal an extract off someone round one. So she can double long move, which gets basically everywhere, and take uh, an extract off someone at the end of round one. It's a very, very strong play. Yeah, so I mean, I've, I've seen other players play with uh, characters that can... Um that can pass power or just like uh, different ways to fuel the Malekith kit. But I think, I mean like the, well, this is what I have. I basically what I'm, I've done is I went from being able to play brace patch up, follow me to now I'm, then I was only playing brace and follow me. And now I can't play fall. I am basically having to sack drop, follow me to play advanced R and D. Uh, so the, the, my options in terms of like what I needed, what cards I need to play to have the Malkith feeling like the Malkith that I've always known and loved, uh, have uh, have had to be adjusted in order for that to be the case. Can you maybe outline what a typical order of activations is for round one, and who is it that is paying the power? Because you talked about your standard core being Malkith, Mystique, Zemo. So then, often you might bring in a splash character like Voodoo or Cat, right, for your extra, yeah uh, nonsense. Who is it that's prepared to go early and give up power in order to turn on the Malekith shenanigans? Yeah, so I mean, with the list that I have now, it's likely going to be Red Skull uh, taking the cut to gain through gain two more power. So he's at three. He's going to move up and play Eyes on the Prize. He's going to grab the middle extract. He's going to retreat back, and then he's going to use that last power to to uh, funnel the power into Malekith. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's like that, that i would see like that's uh probably if i'm playing single extracts then I, basically anyone can advance r&d and, and my list is a little more flexible because uh i'm likely not going to want to move my characters to the middle and flip especially early on in my turn when my t- when my opponent still has all of their characters left to activate and react to me doing that so uh I, yeah i would say like grabbing uh using uh using a character to midline grab and retreat is like, is the opening and, uh, or yeah, I mean, Hulk can do it too. I mean, Hulk can, um, move up and grab a piece. He doesn't need eye on the, he, maybe he uses eyes on the prize so that he's not on the midline. Uh, maybe he just doesn't. And that side is that side just doesn't have enough firepower to really threaten, uh, Hulk at all. And he just stays on the midline and R and D's the power. Uh, but, 
um, yeah, that's usually that's Red Skull is, a, is great for that. I can see Mystique as well because if if you haven't got Red Skull, if you're going with that that other core you mentioned, uh, Zemo really wants to have two power at the top of turn top of round two, right? So he can either charge or he can steel rush and get where he needs to go. Whereas Mystique generates power maybe a bit more readily than Zemo does and doesn't have necessarily as good a way to spend it as Zemo does. Yeah, I would say if I'm playing single extract uh, and I'm bringing Malekith, Mystique, Zemo, and then I'm bringing, uh, if I'm playing 17, I'm bringing Voodoo or something. Yep. I I mean, I'm either Voodoo or Mystique are probably losing that power uh, depending on um, what I want to do. The, the thing, only thing with Mystique is that she can pay for Dark Rain, whereas Voodoo can't yeah so um so it's like i would just have to pick between what which one of those characters it works for in that scenario um but yeah that's uh uh yeah uh, that's why single extracts might be better for malekith overall um because then it means my other characters can i have got flexibility in in how to get malekith that extra power at the beginning of the game Mm. i think it's just worth going through some of those scenarios just because it's easy to say, oh, just give Malekith power, but knowing which character you're then having to activate early and who's prepared to lose the power, it's not necessarily as obvious. Yeah, well, I mean, well, if you're playing on like a B-Secure and you're playing single extracts, it's pretty straightforward. You just put a like a Voodoo or probably Voodoo on a on a back on a back point. Like if you're playing Infinity, uh, which uh, spoiler is the one of my choices, a, then you can just put a Voodoo on a back point. He's going to get two power back and and um, and then on the next turn, so I'm not too worried about sacrificing the power uh, because I think that him losing a power to ha- to have Malekith um, have the threat projection that I, th- I I want him to have is uh, is important enough to justify that. And then we and then we have Mystique, and then we give him the power, and then he has to go and then decide what he's going to do and. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I mean, if you're playing on D shapes, you the same thing. You put a character on the back point, and whatever. And if you're playing single extract, it's easy. You just they're not picking up anything. They're not interacting. You just pass the power back to Malkith. Uh, maybe you put maybe in that case you do put Mystique. You go Mystique first, or you go Zemo. Or maybe yeah, maybe you do sacrifice on Zemo uh, on Infinity, right? Because if you're doing Zemo on Infinity, he's going to get two power next turn anyway. That's true. So. Uh, yeah, I guess it just it's really depends on the scenario and which character you're willing to give up points. Uh, you do have to remember that you do have the leadership trigger that you can um, kind of plan for sometimes. Uh, what you're really looking to do with Malkith, if you're going that route, is you're looking to activate Malkith last, which you know, almost certainly are in a, on round one, um, because usually your control your you can go narrower than your opponent and. When you do that, it means you activate Malkith later in the round, uh, second last in the round, typically, because you can pass throughout the first turn. And then you're activating him first on round two in order to uh, shut down as many activations that you're uh, as he can, uh, hopefully two. And so you're really looking to position Malkith at the beginning of round one into the best spot possible. And, and maybe you get some damage through because of uh, your long chart, your move and then charge. And so, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of like the general idea of like what your round one looks like. You're, you're passing a power, uh, you're holding a character back 
uh, if they're a fast mover and they're on a D shape, then it's okay. Uh, maybe maybe it's okay that they're uh, on the back. But what I was going to say was that Zemo, he can spend the power because if you're going to get the days, which you should be doing on round two if things are going well, uh, he'll get a power back from the leadership. He'll get a move, so it'll get him closer to the action, and he will have gained that power in the second in the second power phase. So he'll be back to two power, even though you spent his only power on the first turn, and then he can have his kit online. So, uh, I I think that any of these characters, I mean, you just wouldn't want to spend the power on Black Cat maybe until she's done the things she needs to do. But I think any of these characters can uh, are, are would be willing to pay the power. Yeah, it's a good point. I wasn't factoring in the leadership when I was discounting Zemo, so good point right there. Uh, what about some character-specific tactics cards? Yeah, so I have Midnight Phantasmagoria, Deception, and Heroes for Hire. Well, I mean, they all pretty much speak for themselves, but the one I'm most interested in is Midnight Phantasmagoria, because we are talking about Malekith. So is this every single time Malekith hits table you're playing this card? I. Uh, I would say that most of the time it is. It's uh, it's a great card. Um, it's a great card to break up the party if the if your uh, opponent is trying to like uh, is just having a party with a, a few extracts and they're trying to bodyguard that party and uh, not yet not let you in the nightclub. Basically, yep. uh, it can just completely uh, shatter that and then and heal your character. So, like I was saying, if you're brave enough to leave Malkith. Um, not activate Malkith at the beginning of a round because you think you can take the hits that are offering. Um, that's uh, and then maybe that maybe you make that decision and then they do and they do attack Malkith and try to take him down. Just midnight completely reverses and and makes it actually worse uh, for for your opponent after Malkith maybe has gone. So he go he goes and he does his damage and then he midnights all your characters away. Uh, all the other characters away. I mean, he could do that in an opening round too. The, this card is is the perfect card to defend a lead, uh, defend a lead with. It's just, uh, um, it's phenomenal. I love when uh, my opponent pushes Malekith early on in a round away from the away from the scenario, or like he they force like they they throw him away. They use any sort of movement shenanigans on my characters like Thanos or uh, Cassandra Nova, just like, um, or Hulk, just throwing him away out of action. And then it means without my Malkith having activated, because uh, I can just do what, I mean, Thanos does. He, I'm just going to move back onto the point and just play Midnight Phantasmagoria and then win the VP. And like, there's, there's like, uh, obviously there's things that can be done to prevent that, but um, it's, uh, it's like, oh, you thought I was gonna, you thought I was going to just start swinging at your team. Oh no, I, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna win these two VPs, and when it's when Malkith gets to go again, he's just going to do two moves or something similar and just move away from that side of the board, and uh, and now all your other characters have to double move towards Malkith to try to chase him down and and stop me from scoring out. Now that I have the advantage right like if you're playing on uh fisk mayor fisk or terrigen like what happens is if one if like for the beginning of round one or round two or whatever when you're if you at the end of round two 
you're up by two VPs because you've you've secured one Terrigen and you've contested the other one, uh, and you're on equal extracts or, or like you're playing Hammer, Hammer's Terrigen or whatever. Hammer's Fisk is like the perfect example of this. You've got two Hammers, they've got two Hammers. You win the Fisk secure. You then contest the other one. At that point, all you need to do is get four VPs around and there's nothing they can do. You're just going to win out because you're up by two VPs uh, each round. You're just going to maintain parity throughout the rest of the game. So having Malekith either early in the game push all their characters away and maybe score it and you're now you're up four VPs or uh, contest it and then run away later uh, can just win you the game. Or maybe at the end where you've killed one side of the board with Malekith and then uh, you've brought the other Fisk closer to you as the rounds progress. And then at the end of an, a round, you just double move Malekith to the other secure, hit Midnight Phantasmagoria, and they've just, they they can no longer maintain parity and you win, you win the game there. You break the tie that was occurring all game. So uh, Midnight is a great card to, to win on scenario. Uh, so that's why I like to play it. The health bonus is... I mean, that's what it, I think that's what it is. I consider that a bonus. Um, it's a phenomenal card that makes my list when I'm trying to win on points. Hmm. Okay, so you said it wasn't all the time. What kind of situation, I and mean, you kind of hinted at it there, what kind of situation is it you would not bring it? Um, I guess I wouldn't bring it where um, maybe on D-shape secures um, because you're not going to get you're going to maybe get one push off, maybe two pushes off. Uh, it's worth only one VP. Uh, it, you're just not making enough of an impact usually to, um, for it to matter that much when you could have just killed that character probably. And so, uh, and so I would just say like when the map is more spread out, that means I'm more likely to not take it. Uh, that does change a little bit though when you've got when you know you can kind of uh, grab the midline and turtle up with your team, and if you've chosen to do that with the cabal uh, side of the list, midnight is like a perfect way to like they try to break your turtling um, is a perfect way to like uh, prevent that from happening for an extra round, uh, and then you get the, all the healing off too, and so um, it's it can be used it can be used to win a VP, win some, do a VP swing. It can be used uh, for healing. It can be used for just pushing a bunch of characters away, meaning they have to, basically they're like pseudo staggered in a lot of cases. Uh, the card is just useful in so many situations that if you bring it in your five, you're almost always not disappointed. It's a, it's such a powerful card. It sounds almost like the times you don't take Mid Midnight Phantasmagoria, the back the black bifrost is really powerful and kind of vice versa. Yeah. I, that's usually when I'm, I'm bringing one Malekith card and, uh, and, and it's, it depends on the scenario usually is what, uh, is how I look at it. So sort of more your B's and your D's, the, the moving between those far flung points is going to be more powerful and the C's and the E's because everyone's going to be a bit more clumped together, you might get more value out of the Midnight Phantasmagoria. It's exactly. a rough rule of thumb. Clearly, there's a lot more nuance than that. But as a... Yeah, that's a great that's a great starting point, though, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some other character cards, then? Yeah, so Deception. I mean, we talked about it when we were going with Mystique. That's because 
uh, when you bring Mystique, you're bringing Deception. I mean, that's why you bring her. It It's a great card um, when you play it, and it's also a great card when you haven't played it yet, and it's still a card that could be played, because it makes your opponent uh, have to play the game a lot differently uh, when you have that card. Especially, uh, it's especially dangerous on longer movers, because you, you pull them, uh, you advance them their movement speed. And so... Characters that are normally fast and mobile and can hit the midline and and are and you're they just can throw them up the board a little faster. They just cannot do that, and they just have to stay with their buddies. It just changes how they play, and so uh, I if you're bringing Mystique on the board, you just should bring Deception. They're either going to have to play around it, and you can take advantage of that, or they're going to not, and you can punish them pretty hard for for making that mistake or what is probably a mistake mm-hmm. and yeah I, I, similarly luke cage if you're bringing luke cage you're probably bringing heroes for hire right yeah i mean that's pretty much why you're bringing him it basically yeah. it lets you have a range three bodyguard and uh and throw them away if uh they're size three or less so uh and then it also sets luke cage up it gives him free movement right uh and so that he can do his taunt um on a follow-up attacks. So, I mean, Luke Cage is just great. Heroes for Hire um, it just, like, puts him over the top in most, in a lot of cases. So then that leaves us with two unaffiliated cards. Yeah. So I have Eyes on the Prize and Mission Objective. I briefly touched on Eyes on the Prize, but it's usually, like, the midline grab-and-retreat card. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, like when I'm saying, like, I like to, I like to have the threat projection and then play scenario. I mean, like that's, that's part of the plan. You, you just get the extract lead and you then take away one side of the board as the other opponent is trying to win secures on in trying to win all the secures or the majority of secures. You can punish their team for being separated, uh, one secure at a time. And as they realize that they're losing and they send characters towards you away from their secures, um, then you just punish them one at a time as they all slowly make their way towards the side of the board where you have the extract advantage. So Eyes on the Prize lets you do that in a way that is safer than leaving your characters on the midline. Mm-hmm. And final card? Yeah, so Mission Objective. I mean, this is like the Steve... So uh, this is like where uh, my... Steve list is not optimal, not like the best five tactic cards to play uh, when you're running Steve, but they are great cards and, uh, and that they, um, so there is, that's the, that's when I mentioned the trade-off and, and the sacrifices you have to make to dual affiliate, um, you don't get the, the best five cards for the Steve leadership, but you get five pretty good ones. And so, yeah, Mission Objective is another great card that could be played on both lists. But because Steve is typically, like, huddled up with his team, um, it lets you pass objectives uh, to him or to to other characters, lets you get steal something with Black Cat and then give it to another character or with Voodoo and pass it to another character. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's usually used for the reactive ability to pass objectives and, and have a one or two... Or, sorry, uh, a two... Uh, two VP swing if you're holding a one point objective, or a four point VP swing if you're holding a two point objective, and so mm. that's uh, I mean it's a great card that should usually be considered in any in 
pretty much any list. Yep, I think uh, listeners who've been listening to a lot of these will have heard Mission Objective talked about quite a lot. It seems to be coming up quite regularly. Uh, let's think about crises then. Uh, you've talked a lot about uh, sort of single extracts. Uh, is that something that you're looking to try and get as often as possible? Will you normally choose extracts if you're given the option? Uh, I think that the my ability to grab the midline and retreat safely means that I'm okay with playing pretty much any... Uh, I can tolerate any objectives. The single extracts... Um, will help slow the game down. I, if I'm just looking, I'm looking to slow the game down. I want uh, Malkith to have um, as close to 12 attacks in a game as possible. And so, <laughs> and so single extracts uh, help me do that. And, uh, and it just helps me utilize the speed of my team to hunt down the uh, opponents who have successfully, successfully found the, um, those extracts. And so I think that, the uh, I think that that's those are the reasons I chose. I would have done things differently, but now that uh, there are limitations and prices I have to pay in order to get Malekith to be as violent as he was, um, the game I don't know if I want the game to be over or be decided going into round four. Um, that I, those extra two turns, I think I I just need those uh, in order to like uh, lock down the attrition part of the the game and i know that uh if i'm trying to score out then i mean that means that if, if my opponent is trying to score out before they can kill malekith it typically means they're bringing extracts that are high point value uh in which case um we i mean that's why we've got some pivot options and some different uh characters and we got a midline grab uh and and then we're playing on secures that i'm comfortable with because um, we're not playing because I now I have three single extracts. It means we're not playing on his secures with high scoring extracts, uh, which is what I would not want to do. So I'm willing to play on his secures with extracts that might not even with two of them that might not even see play at all in the game. And one of them that is basically a, a the a death sentence if you're holding it with Senator. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that that's why I've chosen the three single extracts. But you're saying that maybe actually you'd often opt for secures if you won prior. Yeah, I th- I think so um, because I think I can I think I can grab and, and retreat effectively with this with this list. I've got two different ways to do it with like with Steve and his team and or Malkith and his team. But pro- I mean I like to do it with with uh, Red Skull because uh, it's just like it the. Uh, Malk. I mean, I mean, I just like to play Malkith. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like to play in mine. I mean, the reasons for that, like I'm playing uh, for my secures. I'm playing Cosmic Invasion, Infinity, and Mayor Fisk. And uh, and Cosmic Invasion is great because I've got a 25% chance if I put Malkith dead center on the D shape. I've got 25% chance of hitting that uh, crit wild. Which means critter wild, which means Malkith's getting two power and Ao, uh, we're we're in action right away, um, and uh, and then I've got Infinity Formula, which means that whatever I do, no matter what I do on turn one with Malkith, maybe I put uh, Eyes on the Prize on Malkith and grab the center line and then move onto the B shape secure because he can do that with his uh, his movement. Um, he can 
if he does that, then at turn on turn two, he's starting with three power because of the infinity formula. And maybe four power if it's a cube. But uh, so there's options. There's options there. And then uh, with Mayor Fisk, I um, there's only two secures. And as long as I focus on one and kill one, the other one will start coming towards me. Uh, they're generally lower threat, uh, which means that Malkith's actions will have more impact on the board as a whole because he. Uh, when I'm taking out a three or four threat character with him, that's a quarter of that's like a four threat character is a quarter of the team at 16 threat. So, um, so yeah, those are, uh, that's kind of like how I, how I, um, have ended up with the secures next tricks that I have. The only issue that I see, and maybe you've got a great answer for this, you win secures, you get one of your 16 threats and I get a midliney one that, that we, we, we've talked about. Yeah. You want to play Red Skull to go and get midlines, but with Malekith and Red Skull eating up 12, how do you... I guess you just take an unaffiliated four, right? You just put Voodoo in there or something and play three wide? Is that what you do at 16? Um, I mean, I... It's it's tricky. Um, I think in in case I mean I might just end up with my ex, my extracts in cases where I'm uncomfortable with uh, with what options my opponent presents. Um, but in that case, I mean, what I would probably do if I was playing sixteen threat is I might just end up um, with I might just end up grabbing if we're playing like a seventeen uh, a five extract. Um, a five extract. Yeah, let's, let's say we're doing Mayor Fisk and Cubes, yeah. Right. Then I would, uh, I mean, what I would probably do is I would probably grab the middle with uh, Malekith on, on the opening turn um, and eyes on the prize it and just go to one side. It's similar to like what Hulk would do, I guess, uh, in, in a Steve list. Maybe, uh, maybe I just end up playing Steve in this case, but <laughs> um, you, uh, you would just grab the middle. You you jump back with Hulk or Malkith or use eyes on the prize, right? So you're getting your action, and uh, and then use my other characters to secure um, to at least get one of the secures, so that I'm or uh, or I mean try to. I don't have to because I've got the extract lead, and uh, and then if I don't get them, I mean they're getting stunned, and then I have to. I just make sure I I get them on round two. And uh, I get one on round two. And by having that one point lead on uh, round two and three and four, I mean, there's where they're um, the secure lead that they got initially on round one, just of, like slowly it gets whittled away. But um, yeah, so I think that uh, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's tricky playing f- that's, and that's, I mean, that's why the Steve splash is there playing a high scoring mission with Malkith is dangerous um, because he, uh, he just, he just doesn't, he just can't pay off the threat. You pay, you, uh, you, he can't pay off the threat in two rounds in, in, in probably not in three rounds. And so it's a gamble when the game only goes four rounds. Um, it's really a gamble. You, I think you just need those extra two rounds. And so if I'm seeing high scoring, uh, extracts on the other side of the board, I mean, it depends on what their list is, but in that case, maybe I am playing. I'm playing the extract so that it's uh, it's as much of a non-factor as I can make it. So, you think this is what one of the top 
teams to be thinking about and playing about if you're serious about winning, considering playing in the meta right now? Well, I think that this whole change with Malekith has has really opened up options. I think that now that we have um, the Guardians team can has can really pose a threat to this list. I mean, I, I played something very similar to this, and it, it uh, eliminated, eliminated me from the last league uh, against a Guardians list, who just had the firepower to uh, take out um, my other characters. And so I think that with these changes, I'm... Um, I'm unsure. I think this list is very strong and has lots of flexibility and has lots of great cards to, and to support the, the things that they want to do. I'm just, at this point, the kind of game has, has uh, left me with a lot of questions. So uh, I just think that the cards and characters are strong, but I don't know where it fits in the meta right now. Okay. Uh, one final question then. If you were going to ask AMG for a Christmas gift to give you in your Malekith affiliation, what is it you'd be asking for? Maybe a, a, a new character from the comics or a particular ability that you think the list could really do with? What would you, what would you uh, want yeah. added in here? I, well, I think that uh, it would be cool to have, to be able to replace uh, Red Skull with a different strong Cabal leader or maybe even swap out Hulk and then have some other list changes. And I think that a character that could fill in that spot would be Dr. Doom. That would be a really cool Cabal character. Uh, I, I mean, I would assume he's Cabal. Um, and uh, that would be a, a cool character to see on the table and uh, and have a, it's a cool team up. All the big bads could be like in one list. I think that's probably going to be a popular choice. I think a lot of people are going to be nodding their heads right now. Awesome. Well, Lucas, uh, thanks so much for taking the time uh, and sharing your uh, roster with us. If people want to get some more input, maybe fire some questions at you, how would they go about doing that? Uh, I I am on the Discords. I My name is Lucas on the Discords, and I pop up once in a while. I'm not too chatty, but I do like uh, if people ask me questions. I love uh, brainstorming lists and ideas with them. So feel free to reach out about uh, any of that. And I do have a YouTube channel. It's just called Mr. Sheik. And uh, yeah, so you can check out my TTS league games that I've played on uh, the last two seasons in there. So that's, uh, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks again for coming on and have a really happy holidays. Thanks. You too. Simulation complete.